The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Hello, and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. My name is Ray, and I have Ellen on the line. I'm in the studio all by my lonesome, and she's out in... Parts unknown somewhere. Lovely city of Atlanta, Georgia. Lovely city of Atlanta, Georgia. Coming it to is you from. Lovely today. It is, yeah. Weather's yeah. nice. Yeah, the weather's you... fabulous. It's perfect. Did you notice they didn't get any damage there? They didn't see any. No, but they had terrible traffic today because of people who evacuated that are going home. Uh-oh, so the roads okay. through Atlanta were clogged, okay. but they're always clogged. That's that's Atlanta. But anyway, happy to be here, even if it's just on the phone. Right. At least, at least um, you know, everybody that I know um, has reported them safe, themselves safe down in Florida. I mean, fortunately enough, it kind of stayed off the coast just enough to give us a scare, but let us know that uh, nature means business. Yes, we were totally, totally blessed. I, I have relatives in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they will not have power until Saturday. Oh my goodness! Yeah. It's, okay. It's well, let's get to the let's get to the business at hand. We have a featured guest tonight. His name is George Ariza. Hi, George. How are you? Hi. Hi, Ray. How are you? Good. Good. Everyone? And where are you calling from? I'm calling from San Diego, California, and the weather's beautiful here today. <laughs> we're all sitting beautiful in beautiful day. weather <laughs> yes well I guess you know something when you think of it this is a show about recovery mm-hmm. and we could be waist deep in snow and as long as we're clean and doing what we're supposed to be doing it's a beautiful day amen yes definitely okay so now I want to I want to start right off with what why it is that you're on the on the on the um, show today you have a workbook here it's releasing anger fear resentment, shame, addiction, and trauma from your mind, body, and life. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Right. You know, the idea is that it's important for people to understand that with with evidence-based treatment that heals the underlying causes of addiction and alcoholism, people can cure their addiction and their alcoholism. Um, Do me a favor. Do me a favor real quick, George. Yeah, sure. um, Explain evidence-based recovery for the people who do not know what you're speaking of. Right. So evidence-based recovery is recovery uh, based on using what we know scientifically works. The journals are filled with information showing that there's a link between untreated, uh, unresolved trauma, rather, and untreated depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, etc. When those things are um, taken care of with the proper medication and therapy, the individual 
no longer has a need for using uh, or abusing, rather, substances of any kind, and that's important. Uh, in most of the nation's rehabs, they are not mandated to provide evidence-based treatment. Uh, they merely use 12-step programs or they'll tell their clients, hey, you've got to really stop using. Don't you realize how destructive your behavior is? Now, do you, uh, think, that's because, do you think that's because it's just a quick way to uh, maybe secure someone's, for lack of a better word, tail in the seat for the first five to seven days if you speak 12-step recovery at them versus coming at a complete recovery type of message? Well, I think that it can get them in the seat, but, you know, we want people to not just, you know, be there uh, to sort of hear a a preliminary message. We want to be able to let them know right off that their lives can be improved. Um, You know, I've shared this before. I ran into someone that, you know, used like I did, and one day he was like, like running away like he was really scared and like like I was going to... trigger a relapse in him and he said I said to him what are you afraid of and he goes I'm afraid of relapsing and I just looked at him and I said you know what I go rather than being afraid of the relapse don't you think it's much more reasonable to address the underlying causes of why you use so that you can get past this that's huge and that's where a lot of rehabs fail their clients because they don't bring them to a point where they can deal with uh, the underlying causes as opposed to just the symptoms. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Can you give us a little bit of the history of your addiction? Right. You know, so I was what addicted. What did, how much trouble you got in? I mean, what did it do to your life and, and how you came to find this particular path? Right. So I was addicted to crystal meth for many years, I guess over seven years. And, uh, you know, Well, I didn't have problems legally or anything like that, but eventually, you know, I became homeless. And I just remember that every time I would, well, like I went to see my psychiatrist and instead of asking me, you know, uh, let's put you on a good medication for your depression, how's your your mood, he only asked me, uh, are you still using? And it was finally me that doing some more research, I thought, he's giving me only 20 milligrams of Zoloft, which is not therapeutic at all. I went to see my pharmacist and said, I need to take 100 because that's what I researched. Is that uh, safe? My pharmacist said, yeah, great. So I took the script to my um, psychiatrist. He filled it. When the depression went away, my craving for methamphetamine went away completely. I have Mm. never thought of it since then. And, you know, all these people around me would be like, oh, no, you've got to do 12-step. You've got to, you know, all these other things, and that isn't true. I also dealt with my childhood abuse trauma, and when I was able to resolve that, you know, my life, I started writing, I started advocating, uh, started, you know, doing what I'm doing right now, uh, educating the public, because we live in a society that doesn't want to talk about mental health. And yet, there is a lot, there's just volumes and volumes of research that show the connection between untreated mental health challenges and addiction and alcoholism. Right. Can I, can I ask you how many times you attempted to get clean before you tried this method? Like, because everybody, everybody oh, yeah. walks into the 12-step mm-hmm. uh, right. environment. Mm-hmm. 
uh, probably six, seven, eight times. I went to probably more than three or four rehabs. And, you know, they would say things to me like, well, you know, you just have to have, you, you have to have better, stronger faith. Uh, or you, uh, you know, you just have to really get it one of these days, and hopefully you will. And I kept right. thinking, well, when am I going to get to this place? Because <laughs> you guys aren't helping me. You're just telling me what I need to do, but you're not giving me any tools to get there. So let me ask you a question. With, huh? with this evidence-based recovery or complete recovery, as we said before, mm-hmm. um, do you share this in your life? Like, Are you a, a counselor or do you assist in any way people who are looking to find complete recovery? Well, yeah. I mean, I am scheduled to do a presentation here in San Diego at, uh, there's an LGBT center, and I'm going to be talking about the link between untreated uh, mental health challenges and addiction and alcoholism, because, uh, and I'm also going to be addressing uh, the lack of wanting to discuss mental illness in communities of color. I mean, even though it's pervasive throughout our society, uh, certainly within communities of color, people don't want to talk about mental illness because there's so much stigma and ignorance that surrounds it. Right, right. I, I understand that. I guess, I guess that's with any color, though, in any, mm-hmm. any community. Sure. But, um, I'm looking at the workbook that you put together. How long did it take you to do this? Oh, and, and also, while we're speaking, mm-hmm. if you would like to let people know where they can reach you, how they can find your workbook, um, to get a good idea of what it is that you're speaking of. Right. They can um, go to my, uh, well, they can find all of my books, this book in particular on Amazon.com, and just look it up under my name, George Ariza. The last name is A-R-A-I-Z as in Zebra A. Um, they can also go to my website since I also do life coaching. Uh, it is um, Effective Business and Life Solutions. All they have to do is Google that, and they can find me. Uh, and they can contact <laughs> That's kind of me. a multiple right there. <laughs> I actually Googled you, and I did find quite a bit of information about you. Okay. <laughs> all good, all good. Great. You know, and my goal is to really, you know, help people move past, you know, any tragedies that they've had in their past. Um, because it's those things that keep us stuck. And if we don't, you know, I mentioned that balancing brain chemistry with medications is really important because it was only when the depression went away that I was able to finally think in a clear uh, way to analyze information, um, make better decisions for myself, and regulate my moods. And finally be able to forgive, you know, the people from my past that I had issues with. But this and is something that you, this is something that you personally uh, did yourself. This, was, yeah. this isn't something that you, you learned at a treatment center. Correct. What do you think about the way that treatment centers are today? And how do you think, or what do you personally think or professionally think where they should change? Well, I think that right now, unfortunately, because they don't have anybody who's really, like, think about it, it costs more money to hire, you know, qualified individuals who have a background in psychology, pharmacology, and cognitive behavioral therapy. But those things need to be in place so that we can actually have change that's going to help millions of people 
recover from addiction and alcoholism completely. And I know that um, without that, you know, this can't, this can't happen. In the book, uh, I talk about the fact that we also store trauma in the body. And things like yoga and different types of stretching techniques can gently, over time, release trauma from the body as well as the subconscious mind. And I believe in a synergistic approach that also includes animal therapy uh, you know, and laughter to help the person uh, be emotion- become emotionally stable. Do you think so? Um, I am not an addict myself, but I am a parent of addicts. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, one of my children is a graduate of about 20 inpatient rehabs um, from, from supposedly the best to some that were maybe not so good. Um, it's very, very difficult to find treatment that's affordable. And then when you do get into treatment, a lot of times they drug them up with things like, you know, I'm, I'm not a big uh, fan of, of a lot of the psych drugs, but things like mm-hmm. Seroquel and various benzodiazepines. And it, it seems to me almost like they're just kind of drugging them into submission until they can complete their 30 days or whatever the insurance will pay for. Right. And then they're discharged either to some type of a sober living facility. And in a lot of states, including in Florida where we live, they're not mm-hmm. regulated. Right. And it's a, it's a big problem because you have somebody who hasn't used in a month who then goes into a place where there's nothing but addicts and they relapse and a lot of them are dying. Yes, yes. And, you know, when I, when I look at that, it's unfortunate because, again, there's no regulation for the rehabs and the sober livings and it's kind of like, um, you know, anything goes. And that's dangerous because so many people lose their lives that don't have to. So we need to make these changes. And I, as I mentioned before, I'm a believer in a synergistic approach to uh, complete recovery. And that means, you know, I'm not going to give, I don't, if you're going to give somebody something like an antidepressant, it's really important that the person who's working with them knows what's considered the therapeutic dose and then also has different milestones for, okay, like in four weeks, you know, we should see, you know, an improvement in mood. And if you, once your mood starts improving, let's start delving into your family of origin issues so that you can move beyond trauma uh, you know, have forgiveness of those people and yourself and how to do it, and then also uh, get into how you can move forward in your life. You know, I, as I mentioned before, I never think about using anymore. Uh, you know, now I'm writing, I'm doing all the things that I love to do, and I know that uh, this can be true for so many millions more out there. But we just have to have uh, treatment centers that are are properly regulated. Are there any are there are there any out there that you know of that take the approach that you are speaking of? You know, I. Don't. I mean, you don't need to. You don't need to give a name. I'm just right. Right. I think if, there's only one that I've I've heard of. It's uh, I'm trying to think where it is exactly, but it's in Malibu. I'm trying to remember. Um, okay. But you know, it's interesting because unfortunately, even in the um, the recovery community, there is so much resistance to the idea that you can cure addiction and alcoholism. And because that's so pervasive, it's very difficult to make changes 
that are necessary. Right. I I agree 100% with that. I feel like um, the 12-step method perhaps is the only thing that worked even a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and as the epidemic that we're experiencing has gotten worse and worse, I think that a lot of people have been maybe disappointed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ray and I are both um, in 12-step programs and have found them to be helpful. Mm-hmm. But my, my children have not. Um, right. And they've been in and out of the rooms for many, many, many years. And mm-hmm. it, it, didn't do, it didn't do what it needed to do for them. I mean, it does for some people, but not everybody. Do you know like trauma is 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 a contributing a big huge contributing factor to addiction? I'm sorry, what was that? Trauma. Do you feel that trauma is Oh yes, a, a trauma is huge because factor? what happens is that we store trauma in our subconscious mind and so the trauma it exacerbates any stress that may come up in our lives and so when people are stressed and they don't know what to do and they don't you know, uh, have any um, healthy alternatives, they're going to turn to substances so that they can feel some measure of escape. Uh, is that healthy? No. Does it happen? Yes. Do we need time. to do something different? Of course. Right. Trauma is huge. Maybe, possibly, if there was... I mean, I'm sure that this message is out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. The majority, The majority of the facilities are looking for the immediate need to process the client from day one to day discharge. So I don't necessarily know if they they have the base of time to be able to, maybe if they progressed from a detox to a recovery facility or to an IOP or a PHP, Mm -hmm. where this method could be introduced to them, it Mm -hmm. may make that much more of a lasting impression versus... In the first few days. I mean, in the first few days, people are, mm-hmm. people are a mess for nine, nine months after they get, get clean, you know. So right. um, we are coming up on a break, so I want to do a little bit of uh, important things here before we, before we uh, go to break. Phone lines are open. If you have any questions for George, myself, or Ellen, and if not if you want to know what the weather is in Atlanta, dial 866-472-472. <laughs> Five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. Or if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, like George is tonight, please send an email to Ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. We will send you an informational packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show for a full hour, so we can discuss what you have to bring to the recovery community. George, something that you touched on earlier, and we spoke about this on a prior show on a different on a different network mm-hmm. was about um, animal uh, oh animal therapy yeah animal therapy when we come back from break I want to pick up on that a little bit okay <clears throat> we'll be back in a little bit Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you understand what really needs to be done for your health? Or like many, are you mostly letting what you hear and see in today's media dictate your healthy lifestyle? It's time to get focused. 
There is a reason why cancer, heart disease, chronic fatigue, hypothyroidism, and other illnesses are running rampant in our world. Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino will show you that there are easy, preventative, everyday steps to get you back on track. Listen live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. When you stop to think about it, we are all a part of one interconnected ecosystem. What happens in one part of the world can affect us all. So we need to take an active stand for the issues that are important to us. Listen for Stewardship Through Respect with Holly Wells. You'll learn about personal health and environmental issues that need to be important to us all and hear from the experts about a different topic each week. Listen every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. We're going to pick up the conversation where we left off. Please feel free to join us at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We have Georgia Riza with us this hour, and he is sharing about complete recovery, evidence-based recovery. And one of the things that always caught my attention was animal therapy. We spoke about this on another show, um, on another right. venue, and share about that a little bit. I think that's that's pretty intriguing because I know, you know, people that bring animals to nursing homes and they say that the elderly get happy and get in better moods and stuff, and I am sure that it could work in a recovery environment as well just for that aspect. You know, and it's true, because the idea is that we, we need touch uh, in order to feel uh, grounded in our bodies, and many people who've had trauma from sexual abuse, uh, you know, different things, uh, it's difficult for them to um, be touched by another person, but animals don't set off those same Pavlovian triggers, and so by going to something like an animal park, having a pet come in... Uh, they get the touch. They also get the feeling of unconditional love. That, uh, in addition to yoga and medication, can really help the person start feeling that they can, that they are safe 
and they can start the process of learning to trust again. Drop that the walls. Huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So get into the... Now, I'm sure that that all wraps into, like you said, yoga and all of the other stuff. So share a little bit about how that all fits into complete recovery. Right. So I think, you know, the, a synergistic approach to complete recovery is always best. And by that, I mean <clears throat> being able to have things like animal therapy, the yoga to release trauma that we store in the musculature of the body that uh, tends to stay there and can be triggered by uh, intonation in the voice, uh, facial expressions, body language. Uh, by being able to be more flexible in the body, we become more flexible in the mind, and that is a really um, one thing that's really important. The other thing I would tell people is that if you've had trauma, it's really important to be able to work through issues, uh, come to a place of forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness along with developing and maintaining healthy personal boundaries because I usually tell people this. I said, you know, I was abused for years by an older cousin, you know, who beat me and everything else, and... Uh, somebody said, well, do you hate this person? I said, no. I said, I came to a place where I was able to forgive her because I realized that she had been abused as a child by her caregivers and she was suffering from a bipolar disorder that she never received treatment for. I said, but, I said, until she can come to a point where she gets treatment and gets better, I said, I have to show her what self-respect looks like have you spoken to myself. her about that? Have you shared how you have gotten yourself to where you are? Like, well, is this a conversation that you've had with her? You know, I haven't. I, I'd like to. It's just that the last time that we met, we didn't uh, kind of get off on the right foot or <laughs> leave on the right foot. Um, well, and perhaps someone with that type of, uh, I guess, personality disorder wouldn't, um, wouldn't take kindly to that type of conversation anyway. Yeah, and you know, I always say this, you know, I leave the door of the possibility of reconciliation open, you know, because somebody asked me one of the time, they go, don't you want bad things for her? And I said, no, I said, I want for her what I want for me and I want for everyone is that, you know, they can come to a place of being mentally well and being able to learn how to love and respect and forgive themselves because those are tools that open our lives up so much that uh, we get an incredible life from it. And I also think that we, you know, this, it's universally known that when we make an amends, it's not for the individual that we're making the amends to, it's really for us mm-hmm. to be able to free ourselves from the guilt and shame and how they accept that, you know, is, is totally on them. I remember right. sharing, you know, making my amends on some things that I did and sometimes the reaction was great so I always thought, hey, this is going to be a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I got a chair thrown in my face, you know. So right, right. it all depends on the individual that you're speaking to. And maybe in a situation like this, it may be better to walk with kid gloves and just be willing to be available when the time comes, if the time comes. Right. I mean, I always tell people, you know, we always have uh, control over our reactions to things. And just because someone else is being unreasonable, that doesn't mean that we need to make things worse by being equally unreasonable. It's really important right. that, you know, we be able to, um, you know, 
be uh, composed and act appropriately. Right. I want to. I want to force you to take my amends. That really doesn't work. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't. And I tell people this, too. I said, the reason why it's good to forgive other people is the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between us and other people. You know, we, the subconscious mind is designed in such a way is that whenever I say things like, you know, I love you, I believe in you, or I say the opposite, I don't like you, or I find this at fault with you, we are talking to the other person through ourselves. So we are, we are reflecting to that other person what we feel about ourselves. And so it's really important to work deep to get rid of those things so that we can have a better relationship with ourselves to ensure a better relationship with other people. Right, because well, stress do doesn't... get someone to the point of being able to do that, though? I mean, it, it seems to me like with addiction, you're, you're covering up that pain, you know, with the drug or the alcohol. How, right. how do you get somebody to even realize that... that they, that they are harboring these, you know, for better, for lack of a better word, resentments. Right. And, you know, a lot of that, like you said, it's, it's difficult to get people to come to that place if, again, their brain chemistry is imbalanced and, you know, they're dealing with depression, bipolar, and trauma of their own. They need to come to at least a place where the brain, uh, brain chemistry, rather, is balanced so that they can kind of like, you know, the fog finally clears And they can say, wow, you know what? I have a lot of things I did that were not appropriate. And, you know, if I want my life to get better, I realize I have choices now. I can either continue uh, behaving the way that I did and destroying my life with my own hands, or I can finally start, you know, changing my ways, uh, you know, forgiving myself, loving myself, and also treating other people well so that I attract good people into my life instead of pushing them out of my life. And I think that's the, the beginning of real recovery, no matter how as um, minute as that is. Once you relieve yourself or be, have the willingness to relieve yourself from guilt and shame mm-hmm. is, when the, is when the healing can start. You know, like you can't, you don't always wake up one day and say, okay, I'm ready. Um, right, right. It's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a process. And, yeah, mm-hmm. so we just have to be willing to be able to take someone's hand when they say help mm-hmm. and to be there and, and assist them along the way. And if it's just by showing them how it works in our daily life and they can have that as well, they can have the happiness, they can have the health, they can walk around without stress. Right. But you know, you because stress, that, um, stress doesn't... People... Go ahead. Stress doesn't know conscience. It doesn't. And, you know, in the past, when I was in my addiction, I was freaked out about everything, and then I made up things that weren't even there. And I told a friend that today, I said, I don't act like that. I said, what I do is if there is something that comes up, I deal with it. And I don't worry about what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen next year, because those bridges, I'll cross them when I come to them. If they don't exist, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to be there. I mean, I'm not going to uh, invent them. So when I work with clients, I always tell them, you know, think about being in the present moment. What is it that you really can do? Do what you can. Don't worry about the rest. 
that's really important. And when you talked about things like, um, when I work with clients, I also say this. First thing when you get up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror, look yourself in the eyes and say the following. I love you. I believe in you. You can do anything. You're amazing. Because when you love you, you can start to love other people and attract those same qualities in others into your life. And when you were talking about balancing the brain chemistry and and you know taking antidepressants or whatever, do you do you expect people to stay on them the rest of their lives? Well, you know that's going to be. I would say this. You know, there's no such thing as forever. I mean, for some people they can get off, and others, um, some people don't even have to take the medication. It just depends because it's going to be on you know an individual basis. Um, well, I have I heard that a was... lot of addicts are bipolar. Yeah, right. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dual diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, untreated bipolar disorder is, is at the root of a lot of addiction. Right. And, you know, balancing the brain chemistry is so important because if I had done everything that the rehabs told me to do and the 12-step told me to do and I didn't address, you know, the depression and the trauma, I can tell you right now I'd be smoking a bowl. That's just reality. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, but, you know, the funny thing is, like I say now, I can laugh about it because it doesn't have an effect on me. You know, people will ask me and they say, well, you know, do you ever think of using it? And I go, no, I never do. I said, because I feel really great. I love the things I'm doing. I love the advocacy work that I'm doing. And, you know, I'm also, a, I write other articles and things, um, and I said, these are the things that I'd love to do. And what I know is that when people can get to that place, they're never going to want to go back. Right, but you do know that is it, that it is an option. I don't being you know the time that I have, mm-hmm. I don't think of I don't think of using either. But I am well aware mm-hmm. that that's part of my rolodex, and and that that always is an option mm-hmm. if I choose to revert back to stress. Right. Guilt, shame. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how I. That's how I cover it. Right. So you. You know. You. Um. For me, I take the necessary steps on a daily basis mm-hmm. to to embrace recovery. And I guess mm-hmm. what you're saying about writing about recovery and living a recovering life, mm-hmm. you really don't give your mind the option to think about using. Right. You know, I tell people, I don't have anxiety anymore like I used to have. And I used to think that I would never, never get beyond the anxiety that I would feel. You know, uh, you, like, I guess like three, three years ago, if you asked me to be on the radio, I couldn't do it because I had so much anxiety and it was really I think difficult. all three of us would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not you saying know. that I don't still have it. Yeah. <laughs> about a lot of things. Right. When I hear 30 seconds, I go like, <laughs> But it, it is what it is. We get through it on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really intrigued by looking at your workbook because you go into chiropractic care, acupuncture, you know, the, the roles of family and releasing trauma. Um, I, I don't think that we'll be able to cover this whole thing mm-hmm. within an hour. You know, we're going to have to have you come back and maybe we can speak directly about the workbook and go huh? through it step by step. Now Definitely. we're just speaking generalizations. And I think 
people will get a better message if we went, I don't want to say page by page, mm -hmm. but I think they would get more of an idea of what you're speaking about. Right. You, you, there may be people out there that are going like, complete recovery? What is that? Because mm -hmm. they, have, they have the 12-step message, or I have a 12-step message, but I, I, I am totally open to everything and anything that mm -hmm. helps an addict get out of their own way and allow this thing we call recovery to work. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I feel the same way. How do you get a resistant addict to listen to you? Well, I would say this. You know, rather than saying, you know, you better listen to me or you better do this, um, you know, it's much better to be loving and say, you know what, I know that, you know, you've had issues and I don't want you to think that, you know, I'm trying to shove things down your throat or recovery down your throat. But let's just think about what your life could be like if you were able to really deal with what's underneath the reason why you use. And if you can get to this point where you can forgive people who did you wrong and you can learn that, you know, people lied to you when they said that you were worthless or that you would never amount to anything, that you are a beautiful person. And don't you think that would be a really great place for you to get to so you can let go of the past you can enjoy the present, and you can create your own future because that's really what it's about and being able to really love and appreciate yourself so that you can treat people in such a way that they not only remember you but they want to be around you and they want to be a part of the life that you're creating. I think if you, if you venture into recovery... And your whatever program you're in, I don't want to say program because it's whatever angle you are embracing to get to, you know, a better you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I think that it's tough when the masses are doing one thing right. and the individual is trying to go in a different direction or is, or is finding a different way because the masses pull. I go, right. I go somewhere and I don't see somebody for four weeks and they go, where you been? Well, I've been clean for 27 years. Where have I been? Right. Well, that's the mind, that, well, that's the mindset of where right. you've been. Everybody's automatically You're not in thinking. real recovery now because you're not going to a meeting every day. Right. 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 In fact, I went to a 12-step meeting with a friend and I don't go to them anymore. And I remember I said to this one person, I said, hey, how you doing? And he just kind of like gave me this look like, oh, you, you're here. <laughs> but I don't care. I mean, was it, was really it because care. you didn't go or did he? Did well, he because think I don't go and I was only going to hang out for just a little bit. I and they you. all know because the last time I went to one of the meetings, there was somebody who think gotten a tiff because uh, he goes, I want everybody to go around the room and tell us how much time you have so we can show the newcomer that it works. And then mm. I said, you know what? I said, I would rather, instead of people telling us how much time they have, I would rather people share how now that they're no longer abusing substances, uh, now that they've regained their self-esteem, you know, what their life is like. And right. Hold that thought, George. We need to go to okay. a break. Okay. Phone lines are open, 866-472-5792. That's 
5792. We'll be back in a few minutes to share a little more of our experience, strength, and hope. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. If you have been experiencing addiction issues, be it drugs, alcohol, or something else, you know what it means to feel alone in the world. The power to create yourself with host Ross Ramin is here to prove that you don't have to feel this way. There are others who have been there or are still there, and together we can sort out the truths and the lies in order to reveal the true essence of your character. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in to Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin to better understand the why on how you feel and find the right therapies, treatments, and programs to bring healing to the mind, body, and spirit. You can live a better life at any age. It's not just a temporary fix. Rather, it's a permanent, healthy lifestyle. Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. We're going to pick this interesting conversation back up where we left off, feel free to join us at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. I'm sure somebody out there is wondering how they can get in touch with George, how he may be able to help them or their loved one. The last few minutes of the show, George is going to share Everything about himself, how you can get in touch with him, the books that he has written, the workbook that he wrote, so that that way, if there is anything that sparked an interest during this hour, you can get, you can reach out to him. You can also send me an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org, and I will get you his information as well. Also, while we're on maintenance stuff, like Miracles in Recovery on Facebook at Miracles in Recovery. And follow us on Twitter at 855-STOP-USING. That's at 855-STOP-USING. You can get George's information that way as well. 
So go ahead with what you were saying about you were in a meeting and somebody was kind of put out by... Well, because during one of the meetings, uh, there was this individual that was leading the meeting, and he said, uh, I want everybody to go around the room and tell us how much time you have so we can show the newcomer that the program works. But I said, I interrupted, and I said, you know what? I said, rather than people going around and telling us how much time we have, I'd rather people share that now that they're no longer abusing substances, now that they've been able to uh, improve their self-esteem, and learn how to do for thing and learn how to do things for others and not just for themselves. You know how their life is turning out, and he just gave me this look like I was from outer space. And, <laughs> you know, but you know, really, I think that when we, you know, true, truly being recovered is being able to have a life that we didn't have before, meaning that we have better social skills, uh, we, you know, have, uh, we understand the interdependent nature of life, and that, you know, what we send out is what we get back, and hopefully, you know, we're getting, learning those lessons and tailoring our, tailoring our lives accordingly. I'm, I'm real curious, you know, as a mother of addicts, what kind of advice would you give to families? And, you know, and I mentioned before the resistant addict who doesn't really seem to want to get better. Sure. You know, what do you, what can a family do? You know, that, well, that really you mean wants to prevent to it? Or, or Obviously, the whole family is not well, or right. this wouldn't have happened. Right. I tell people this. I say, you know, families, again, there's so much inherited, uh, you know, depression, bipolar, and we don't want to look at it. I know generationally in my family, you know, I can see, you know, where depression was inherited, and then we get into, you know, the dysfunction, and those things need to be addressed. You know, the, the best thing that families can do for themselves and for their, their loved ones is to get a mental health evaluation, um, you know, see what issues there are that are causing tension so that they can uh, work through those. Because I always tell people this, if you don't forgive and let go, you are subconsciously going to be in revenge mode, and then all the people that don't deserve that bad behavior is going to get it, and you're going to repel the people that you need the most in your life. You know, I think we, I said last week that it's easier to get an addict to a meeting than it is to get a family member to an Al-Anon meeting. And, <laughs> we know um, that's well, true. Well, well, it's, it's true because, mm-hmm. because the focus is pushed towards the dysfunction of the addict and not to the family environment. So if, you, if a mother calls you after this and says, I don't know what to do with my son, do you share with them about themselves or do you try to focus on the individual that's causing the problems, where the problem is tenfold family-wide anyway. Right. Because I always tell people this, all behavior is learned. You know, uh, nobody raised in a loving, thoughtful, kind, you know, home uh, wakes up one day and decides to become a serial killer. It doesn't work like that. So I would say to the mother, you know, uh, it's really important that they get some counseling and probably with the child is really important. And then look at what's really underneath 
the behavior because a lot of times, you know, parents won't admit the fact that, you know, they were too strict or, um, you know, they weren't loving. Um, Maybe there wasn't abuse, but there could be neglect. So those things really need to be addressed so that everybody can be on the same page and then start looking not to find who's the villain, but to say, okay, was this behavior learned by the parents from their caregivers? And can we then come to a place of forgiveness, reconciliation, and then start learning how to have better relationships uh, with each other so that we can reduce the anxiety and the tension and then work towards uh, reasons for feeling better and then not having the need to use. Right. You know, I, um, I can say that I was not able to begin the healing process until my family started it without me. And Ellen is living proof of that as well because she started healing herself mm-hmm. and people slowly started coming around. Like me, I, I, it took me a while. My mother had to say, enough is enough. I need to protect myself, protect my family, and bring myself back to a some semblance of sanity. Mm-hmm. And I just have to let you go. And ultimately, that you know brought a spark to my mind and said, whoa, mm-hmm. wow, there goes my security blanket. I better start looking at myself as well. Right. And right. I, but I, I think the difficulty comes in in that um, by the time the family member starts to want to take a look at themselves, the attic has gone very far down the road. Um, right. You know, it, it does, the, the addiction progresses. You know, you mentioned homelessness. A lot of them end up in jail. Jailed institutions and death is, mm-hmm. is you know, the old saying. And Can't help death. Yeah, it, it's very it's very difficult. I, I jumped into Al-Anon as soon as I saw that there was a problem, but it, you know, it's gone on for a lot of years. And, you know, working on me, and a lot of us go into programs like that thinking, well, they'll tell me how to fix this, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't because I can't. And, I, you know, that was the biggest takeaway for me. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't fix it. Right. And it's important for people, you know, to have tools because, you know, again, it's the family dysfunction that is at the root cause or exacerbates, you know, the addiction or the alcoholism. And it's really important, you know, it's a, I would say it's a family disease because... It definitely is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we say and, that all the time. And, I, you know, it's passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. I think the dysfunction is, you know, and like what George was saying at the beginning of the, you know, there's no real villain and there's no, I think, and I'm going to say this and somebody out there in radio land is going to say that guy's an idiot, but I think today we are a lot softer and we like to throw blame instead of taking responsibility. Um, when I got clean, I had no choice but to take responsibility for my actions. Mm-hmm. Today, I think we are a little more passive with the message that we're giving. And maybe this message that you're sharing may, you know, charge those people into a 
better way of protecting their family and bringing them to a place of sanity. Well, yeah, because the idea is that we have to have boundaries. You know, those are the things where we put limits in places where they need to be, and then we need to, you know, have better tools for interacting with other people. And at the crux of that is a healthy level of self-esteem because right. if our self-esteem isn't balanced, we're going to have a lot of problems in which we won't take responsibility or we will put blame on other people instead of looking at our part. I mean, everybody has a part in things, so we all have to be conscious of that. We are kind of running out of time. The show isn't long enough. Ellen, is there anything that you wanted to ask him before we allow him to share all of his things so people can get in touch with him? No, I just want to say thank you. This has been a very, very enlightening and interesting show. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Yes, and we need, to, we need to hear this message more, I think. Yes, and I think it's very, very important. Yeah, because it's a, one, it's a different view, and maybe just that different mindset can help save an individual in your family. So George is going to share how you can get in touch with him, the things that he has on his calendar, and maybe how you might be able to get books that he's written, the workbook, or if you are intrigued by what you heard, you can reach out. George, go ahead. Yeah, so anybody that wants to get a hold of me can reach me on my website, uh, Effective Business and Life Solutions. They can also reach me via my cell phone at 619-317-6124. All my books are available on Amazon. Um, They can also um, follow me on Twitter, and I'm available to help them to work through whatever uh, situation that they're in so that they can come to a place of complete recovery. What, uh, what's your Twitter? What uh, it's called? George V. Ariza. So that's G-E-O-R-G-E, V as in Victor, A-R-A-I-Z as in Zebra, A, at Twitter. And if you don't have a pen, just find this one's very simple, at 855-STOP-USING, George tweets a lot to me and we tweet back and forth and retweet and stuff so if you want to find him look at at 855 stop using if you don't have a pen and you want to follow george what um books i know i see the workbook and i know that you've written another at least one more book correct right so i've written one other well i've written several other books another book is how to navigate successfully through the mental health care system where i talk to people about i'm sorry (laughs) that's a very good one yeah, because a lot of people don't know what questions to ask. They are about medications. They don't know that they can check with their pharmacist. And they also don't know that they should be able to say to their therapist and their psychiatrist that, that um, they're still, um, you know, they're not seeing results. I always tell people if you don't see any results within about three weeks, you need to revisit the situation. Check again with your psychiatrist. Check again with your pharmacist. Check again with your uh, therapists, because you need to see results, and these individuals need to help you, and so that's what that book is for. Um, I've also written a book on how to uh, move beyond codependence to a healthy sense of interdependence, uh, where I talk about how to improve self-esteem, how to have healthy boundaries, 
and how to communicate in a way that's effective and that draws you to other people rather than repels uh, people from you. Um, I wrote a book that talks about my own uh, child abuse and how I was able to move beyond it and how others can too. Okay, so everything that people would need to know about you, I guess Ellen just said she Googled your name and she found a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, I found a blog too, I think. Yes, my blog. My blog uh, is on um, my name, Georgia Riza, how how to lead a balanced, happy, and successful life. Okay, well, we're out of time. It was great to have you on, George, and we'll definitely have you on again in the very near future. We only covered very few bases of the knowledge that you have. So thank you for coming on. My pleasure. I can't wait to be again. Ellen, stay safe in Atlanta. (laughs) I'm trying. Okay. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining Miracles. Thank you so much. Good talking with everyone. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.